action was taken. And that allowed me to increase confidence just because that, that is how we increase confidence, right? Is taking action, is doing it. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset. We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. Welcome to this episode of Soul Logic. I'm Scott, joined here with Cindy, and today we're going to be talking about crossing the confidence barrier between work and personal life. You know, sometimes we can be really confident in one area of our lives, but not confident in the other. And what is it that causes that to happen? And how can we overcome that and cross that barrier so that we can be equally confident, or at least improve our confidence in the other area of our life? And I know that on my own journey of awakening, it has definitely brought up more of my junk, so to speak. And in that process, doubts crept in. And as doubts crept in, my confidence was slightly eroded in certain areas. But Cindy, tell me what you're thinking about this topic, because we did a little bit of talking about this before we were recording. Yeah, I think this is a common feeling. And what we were talking about before, it's definitely a common feeling for women. I know that. And then you were talking about having the same feeling yourself uh, from the male perspective. And as you're speaking, I think what it's boiling down to is the stakes are higher or the stakes are different when you're at work and when you're at home, maybe not higher, but just different. And I think there's also a difference between being liked and being loved. And maybe that's sort of correlated to the stakes being higher where it's sort of like jobs, especially these days can come and go, you know, you sort of anticipate you work to a certain point. And if you're not moving up, you move to a different employer or you go out on your own to advance your career. Whereas with relationships, I don't know if the expectation, but like the hope I think is that you find you're one and only, and you're with that person for the rest of your life. And so there are more compromises expected, I think. Um, and also more vulnerability in speaking up for your want for what you want. Yeah, good point. I know that that's definitely been my experience in relationships and the vulnerability piece. I will be the first to admit that I haven't always embraced that, right? And I think a lot of guys often don't embrace that, but women too, probably, you know, want to be a little bit more guarded, be more right. My ego wanted to be right in certain places. And by not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to show that, even though I knew it was wrong, I did know that. And I wished I could be different. I didn't know how to be different. And so because of that, I wasn't speaking up. And because I wasn't speaking up, I was then doubting myself. This was in personal relationships, but in work, it was entirely different. It was probably more, it was encouraged, right? You had to take action. You had to be assertive. You had to to get results, and that wasn't going to happen without exuding confidence and really paying attention. I found paying attention to how I was showing up and being more aware of how I was showing up. Whereas in personal relationships, I wasn't paying attention. Period. That's true, and I think you know, in, at least in the United States, the assertiveness and the go get it, go you know, 
climb the corporate ladder, it's all encouraged. And those are, you know, we talk about masculine and feminine and that those character traits exist in each person, regardless of your, your born gender. And, you know, you're definitely stepping into that. If I guess we talk about stakes are higher, liked versus loved, you could also put it as masculine, feminine, most likely, um, you know, at work, you're really tapping into um, that assertiveness, get it doneness, action. These are all very male traits. If you think back to hunter gatherer, you know, hunter was an action. They had to go hunt and kill it or the, the tribe didn't eat, right? So these are all ingrained in us. So these are very much sort of outward focused. And I think when it's outward focused, it seems easier. So at work, you can be like, well, we all need to get this done. We all need to move in this direction. It's for the greater success of the company. It's for the greater success of all of us. And when you go to a personal relationship at home or even with a friend, it's a personal need. It's like a personal desire, a personal want. So, you know, I want more time with you, my person, my special person. I need to hear more words of love from you, my person, right? Versus we're not, yes, you're on the same team in a personal relationship, hopefully, but it's more internal. It's an internal need. And that is where I start, you start to, at least for me, get into the tender bits of, of that piece. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable at work. I mean, it can certainly be hard to voice something at work, but typically you can still be pretty successful in your career and never really get into those vulnerabilities too much. I mean, you can kind of fake it till you make it, if you will. Um, not saying that that's what you should do. And I can think of definitely times when something is, when I do feel vulnerable at work and, you know, I sort of prepare myself, I talk about it and then I pray, pray, pray that I don't cry right? you know, at work <laughs> when it's really touching one of those tender bits. Um, and then in your personal relationship, it feels like it's all like the tender stuff, right? To me, well, not all, but usually when it gets a little tense or you have anxiety, it's all because I'm voicing something that I need. And I'm afraid that the person I'm talking with who loves me, hopefully, you know, won't, won't receive it well, which I think we use our imaginations to play out how that conversation will go in worst case scenario. When in reality, typically it doesn't go that way at all. Usually, hopefully um, the conversation goes well, but it's still a very scary proposition when you're talking to the person you love, you don't want them to leave you. You don't want them to stop loving you and vice and, you know, and the relationship end. Yeah. There's a lot there. And I'm thinking at work, work was, it was almost like there was a shield, right? I knew that there was, there were very clear boundaries and it was okay. Right. I could play within those boundaries and it wasn't going to get very sensitive. And there wasn't a whole lot that was probably going to erode my confidence. So it's much easier to step up and take action. But with the personal side of it, completely different. And there was a lot more at risk and work was much more in the head, much more of the logic, which doesn't feel, right? The personal side, much more in the heart, a lot of feeling there. And the feelings, depending on what the conversation was going to be around or what the topic was, it could have easily been an unknown. It probably was an unknown. And that would, have, that would cause me to delay the communication. That would cause me to hesitate. That would then also start to erode my confidence because I'd be starting to play the, well, what if I do this? Or what if I do that? Right. And sometimes I wasn't talking about it with friends. I was keeping it all inside of me. And then by doing that, it made it even worse because the doubts crept in. 
Whereas in work, there was probably a due date or a deliverable and action had to be taken. And okay, maybe I screwed it up, maybe I didn't, but bottom line is it was done. The action was taken and that allowed me to increase confidence just because that, that is how we increase confidence, right? Is taking action, is doing it. Well, I love the boundaries piece, but also there's a defined success measure at work. You met the goal, you didn't meet the goal. And a relationship, I mean, yes, you can have quote, you know, pound relationship goals, right? But in general, that's not something you're like, you know, you hit the mark, you don't hit the mark. It's an always moving target and evolving target. And so there's less surety of like, if you're on the right path or not, right? Definitely. And there can be a lot of unpredictability. How is the other person going to respond, right? A lot more emotional um, um, impact there can cause us to also delay completely saying what it is we feel like we want to say, or sometimes watering down what we want to say and not being entirely honest and truthful. And that also can have a negative impact on our confidence because, yeah, we spoke, but we weren't really 100% clear on what it was we wanted or needed. True. I'm, I'm curious, just shifting a little bit, I want to ask a question that just is coming to me. I'm wondering, um, you know, with COVID and the pandemic coming through and the lines between work and life blurring even more, like I think back, you know, I don't know, five years, 10 years, there was work-life balance. There was kind of a firewall between the two, even though we're one person and we're the great, the same person at work and at home, there's still a bit of a compartmentalization, if you will. And now that we're working at home and you know living with our partners or family members, I don't know about you, but it didn't always occur to me that like at work, you get training, you get professional training, you get communications training, you get leadership training, you have hard conversations training, all those kinds of things that happen. Mm. And for some reason, for a long time for me, those stayed at work. And it didn't really, I mean, I might try them a little bit at home, but not always. But I think now it's so much more apparent and clear. And even with people that I speak to, clients and stuff that they're like, oh, I tried this thing at work and then I did it at home. <laughs> and it worked. And the results in both places were amazing. Yeah. So I think I, that in some ways that's been a really cool aspect of those lines being blurred. Not that they're always good. The lines, you know, we're always the same person, but an interesting result of being confined with each other, if you will. Well, that's a very good point. I'm thinking back to one of my coaching clients, um, maybe six months into the pandemic, and she was really, she's working at home, obviously, like everybody else. And her kids were home from college and her husband was there. And that was an unusual situation. And she was really going through some challenges, um, doubting herself professionally, as far as her impact in the role that she has. And it was her daughter that ironically was able to boost her confidence because her daughter had never seen her mother work. And the son had actually never seen the mother work up because she used to work in the office, right? And so now they see her at home and they see how she is on calls and, you know, I mean, they're just this interaction, but they see what she's doing and how she's presenting herself and, and how she's showing up. And they were so complimentary of their mother and they were really impressed by her and how she what I just said you know how she shows up at work because she was at home and that it was what was fascinating to me on this this particular call she had a 360 done 
and the 360, you know, 360 evaluation from her team and peers and everybody. And it goes from one to five, the scores. She ranked almost everything like a 4.85 to a 4.9. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And she still doubted her confidence. She still doubted, you know, she still questioned, am I doing it right? Am I, am I an inspiring leader? Does my team, what do they think of me? Well, this is what they think of you, but that's not what sealed the deal. What sealed the deal was a conversation her daughter had with her when they went to some spa day. And, you know, she's like, mom, I got to tell you, I'm so impressed by how you show up and how you are professionally. I had no idea that that's what you were like at work. Well, I find that so interesting. And if I may steal your example, your story that you gave a while ago about Albert Einstein, and it was oh, not I a different that. topic, yes. but I think it's appropriate here. Just you're bringing up the 4.8 to 4.9, like so positive, like off the charts. Good. Really? Right. So your story that you sent to me was Albert Einstein was in a classroom writing on a chalkboard nine times one equals nine, nine times two equals 18. So on times three times four times five, and he gets to nine times 10 and he says equals 91. And the class starts to chuckle breaks out and like, oh my gosh, Albert Einstein made a mistake. Oh my gosh. And he waits for everybody to be silent. And then he says, which I love, despite the fact that I analyzed nine problems correctly, no one congratulated me. But when I made one mistake, everyone started laughing. This means that even if a person is successful, society will notice his slightest mistake and they'll like that. Don't let criticism destroy your dreams. The only person who never makes a mistake is someone who does nothing. But I want, I just, I mean, and the like that, that sentence, just like, it's a gut punch. It is. Right. And he's talking about other people, but she's, she's doing this to herself and who can't put themselves in her shoes. Right. And what a confidence killer, you know, we take one tenth of a point and focus on that. Um, and I love that she then sort of gets that aha because her kids are like, oh, mm-hmm. mom, okay, you got yeah. it going on. Exactly. And I bet her kids, even if they don't know it, I bet they, I bet they listen to her more or listen to her differently. Maybe even take her advice more because, you know, like kids never want to take advice from their parents. It's fine if this, you know, somebody outside of the parent says the same thing and they'll take it. But I wonder if just by seeing that, if even unconsciously, they now listen to her more, respect her more, her advice more. I would imagine. I mean, it's like something I always tell my leaders in leadership coaching. I remember you're always on stage. Yeah. Don't ever think that you're not because everybody is watching, just like in Einstein's example, everybody is watching what you say, how you interact with another person, what you write, how you answer the phone, everything every moment of it, we're on stage as if you're in a leadership role or in any role for that matter, right? I mean, the example with that I just shared. But yeah, we are, we are hard on ourselves. You know, and I think the other thing, just always to wrap it back to our soul and our logic. I love that this was a client of yours. So she's going through a coaching process, right? And she's learning then that inner strength and that inner power, which we talk about so much. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, we talk about confidence model. She's getting confidence externally from her kids, but it's from her own actions at work. And I just love this sort of triangulation of where confidence can come from. And then at the same time, she's talking with you about her own journey and her own, I don't know if it's personal or work, it doesn't really matter, but she's working on her inner, her inner stuff 
if you will. And I think the whole point of working on your inner stuff is to get rid of this point one doubt, right? So that you can feel confident and strong in your day-to-day life. Definitely. And it's, it's kind of like worry. A lot of times we worry about certain things, but the, the true reality is that 99% of what we worry about never happens, but we've wasted all of our energy and focus on something that is probably not going to happen. Most likely not going to happen. The same thing that you're just mentioning. Why are we giving that much attention to one-tenth of a percent? It's insanity. Exactly. Instead, focus where your strengths are. Yes. And continuing to think about if you just let go of the point you know, the 10th of a percent, let that go and focus on where you've been strong. Like she looked at her review and where was she was strong? Just be like, okay, hell yes. And twice on Tuesday, <laughs> do all these things. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and the reality is every, every, everything across the board was, was super high. I mean, it was green all the way down. It's really something to be proud of, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. At this point, let's take a break and we're going to come back and talk about the ways that we can build up our confidence. You're listening to Soul Logic, shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com, helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey. Welcome back. We are jumping into building up that inner confidence. So we talked about that sort of being the goal in this inner development journey or spiritual awakening and journey is to find that inner confidence so that we have the personal freedom to live our life without the worry, without the anxiety, without the self-doubt. I know one thing for me as far as feeling more confident is one, slowing down. and listening. That's a hard part for me. I talk fast. You might've noticed. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, And it's hard for me to stop sometimes and just take a deep breath. But when I do, it allows that inner wisdom to come in and to really understand what I'm thinking and feeling in a moment versus like we talked about before we took the break, that 10th of a percent coming in, creeping in and causing doubt. When I stop and slow down, I am more able to focus on the positive and let that 10th of a percent go. What's, how do you start grounding into your confidence, Scott? Well, it's, it's definitely slowing down as a part of it when I can remember to do that. What I also try to do is, is I always, you know, I, I love adventure and I, I keep reminding myself, don't be a hypocrite. You can't say you love adventure, but then not be open to the new opportunities, the new challenges, which if I don't have experience in a certain area or conversation or whatever it is I'm doing, that there might be a lack of confidence. There most probably will be, right? Because I haven't taken that action before to build up that muscle to feel more sure, more confident. So I say to myself, nothing bad can come of this. I always try to remind myself, it's a great learning opportunity. And if I go into it with the right intentions, you know, from the heart, say it's a difficult conversation, whatever it might be, a a new presentation, it's only going to get better. So I like to try and play a game with myself and just remind myself, it's never over. It's only going to get better. And let's have fun with this. You know, I want to remind myself to let's have fun with this. And I'll give you an example. Tonight, I'm going to be facilitating a men's group. 
Awakening of the Harmonic Warrior, and the conversation is about um, communicating with confidence. Ironically, it's about communicating <laughs> with confidence. This men's group has has become such a hit. It's wonderful, and it's going to be a very large group tonight. Now, I could go into this, and I don't know many of the, the men. I could go into this with a lack of confidence. I'm going to go into it with, this is going to be great. We're all here for the same purpose. Let's see how we can do this. And let's look for ways to make it even better next time. So I'm always looking for that, leveraging the strengths, but being open to the opportunity and making it fun in the moment. Yeah, I like that. And I think along those lines, one thing I try to do, especially if it's personal and a little bit uh, vulnerable, you know, makes me a little anxious is to take smaller steps. So That's I like good. your point with your group where you're just going to see where it goes. So if I have something where I've, I'm trying to, let's just use a personal relationship. If I'm trying to voice my needs more, which I always, I have a, I'm guilty of this in my personal life. It's hard for me to say, Hey, I need this. Um, Cause I'm a peacemaker, people pleaser. I'm recovering from all that. So I may not go like zero to 60 on that. I might not go for the big thing I need right away. I will build up my confidence and my courage by starting with something small. I mean, it could be as small as something like, Hey, could you go get me a cup of coffee? Cause I'm working on this thing. Like that is not something I would probably ask anybody to do. Cause I'm perfectly capable of getting up and going and get my coffee. So it feels ridiculous to me to ask somebody to do that, but it's a great small step to just say, Hey, you know, could you do that? And this isn't actually a real example, I don't think, but I, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head and it's not coming, but I know the feeling of asking for something small and it's like, no big deal. The person's just like, yep, got it. Um, if it's something more interpersonal, I can also start small with that and just say, Hey, uh, I'll, you know, when you greet me, it would just be nice for you to say, Hey, I'm so nice to see you or something like that, you know, versus like, I don't feel loved when I walk in the door. You know what I mean? I'm just making this up, but it's like, I'm just trying to take baby steps for both myself and the person I'm communicating to. If you just go in and be like, Hey, everything's wrong. You're one, your own anxiety level is high and you're going to cause the other person to really freak out. So just start small. So small. And then like you get the positive feedback and then take another step and you get positive feedback, take another step, take another step. And not that you always have to have positive feedback, but at least like the world doesn't crash in on you. Well, I, I like that for two reasons. The, the take, starting small, absolutely. And the positive feedback is so important because I think sometimes we forget, you know, we talked about emotional maturity in our last episode. Sometimes we forget that the other person, if we're dealing with another person, whether it's work or personal, may not be at the same place. And maybe what they're doing or what they've said for them was a big stretch. So that positive feedback, that acknowledgement of, of the action that they took is really good. And by slowing down, it can release some of that intensity that we might have in that moment to want the result, to want what they're saying, to be something different as quickly as we might want it. That's one thing that comes to mind. And the other thing that comes to mind is asking is so important, right? I know you've said that before in previous shows, just ask. And when I think about that, I think when somebody asks me for something, I'm usually happy to help, right? Yeah. So they are too, most likely. I mean, they they want to see you succeed. Most people want to see other people succeed and see them happy. And can you get me a cup of coffee? Yeah, sure, I'll be happy to. Right, it's like no big deal. They're walking it's by anyway. no big deal. <laughs> or even if they weren't. I mean, think about 
you know, I mean, yes, it can be abused, but just asking. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to be helpful. I like, to, I want to be there for the person I love or a friend or whatnot, you know, take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking of something now, and I don't want to get on a tangent because I can really blow this topic up, but all this time that we've spent secluded by ourselves, all of the con continued amount of connection that we have with our devices, it seems like we need another person for less and less in our lives. And I suspect that that can make asking for something even more challenging because we're even more out of practice than we might've been before. Does that make sense? It does. You know, we could do almost anything with these devices, right? I mean, order dinner, everything, have groceries delivered to our front door. I mean, I like food, you can tell. <laughs> but we could do almost anything. We can talk to people all around the world and avoid having a face-to-face -face conversation with the person next door. Yeah, and I don't remember the article I was reading or where it was, but I actually was just reading something that social skills are actually a muscle that you need to flex. And because of the pandemic, we've all, you know, like that muscle is atrophying. So I think you're spot on, at least yeah. with this particular article too, that, yeah, it is harder to ask or, and, or, you know, if you've been living on top of each other, you may be tired of somebody asking you all the time. Well, that's you know, true. I mean, there's being mindful of that too. And then, um, you know, it doesn't have to be about doing something for me. It could also be, Hey, we've been on top of each other. I need two hours a day. I need an hour a day just to myself. And I'm happy to give that to you too you know, there's, it can go a lot of different ways. But again, I think instead of saying, I need a week, I can't take it right. anymore. <laughs> you know? Baby steps, right? Baby right. steps. Hey, how about a few hours a day or a day? Like I need this day, you take that day or whatever it is for you. But those baby steps, um, it's just a less of a shock to your system and theirs. And I, and that can build the confidence of, oh yeah, I can do an hour a day. Oh yeah. I can give you an hour a day or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's sort of building on, on the wins. And even if a conversation doesn't go as planned, which I feel like they almost never do. <laughs> uh, it's still, again, if you start with a small issue and it doesn't go well, it's less to overcome than if you went for the big, the big issue. And then you're at like a stalemate. You can work your way up. I think that confidence is also a muscle that you, you build over time. Absolutely. And as I said before, by taking action, by doing it, like yeah. you said, right? I mean, it's by doing that we build up that confidence because we get that feedback. We see the results. How did it work? How was it received? How was it not received? Mm -hmm. The last thing I'll say is that I like to always reconnect with why. Why am I doing something? Because when I connect with why, that helps me take the action. Especially if it's a task or something I don't really want to do it really does help me to go forward and do it. I'm doing this because, okay, here I go. I think that's good. I mean, even for this, even just if you tie that to the small actions, like, oh, I need somebody to do this or I need this or whatever, well, well why? And that could actually even change your ask and get to the heart of what you really need faster and then build your confidence even faster if you have that why, instead of just reacting to really explore what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and what you need and where you need that confidence built. I like, I like that. Well, there we are. We have covered a few aspects of what it feels like to not be confident, given a couple of examples, talked about ways that we can improve our level of confidence, how we can do that. And we even brought Albert Einstein into the mix this time. Hey. <laughs> so what's not to like about soul logic, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> a little science, a little spiritual, a little logic. You got it all. At Soul Logic, we're excited to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not breathy. Exactly. We have our <laughs> online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli. I'm Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us today. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>